some of this, Michael. Be one of us. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. No way in the hallway. I'm your host, Phil, and joining me as always is my co-host, Doug, the Pasta Goblin from Long Island, Galliardo. How you doing, bud? Good morning, good morning. I did not have, um, yes, it is morning. Uh, pasta, honestly, is not the best thing to have in the morning. I didn't have it, and I never do it. It's a little too heavy. Yeah, but I mean, you don't want to make a pasta. I will, I will hold dear to my, to my heart. Uh, a pasta smoothie or something. That's just not good. Pasta smoothie? Ooh, actually, that sounds like something you drink slash eat while you're in hospice care. So I'm not going <laughs> to do that. Well, that went dark. <laughs> like, are you, are you sorry, a, that's where my brain went. Are you a smoothie guy? Like, I make smoothies every morning. You know, I really wish that I had your lifestyle. Because... <clears throat> You exercise, you eat healthy, you drink good stuff besides the alcohol you consume. Anything other than that, uh, I don't know. I only, drinking-wise, I don't, like, water is the only thing that I drink consistently. Like, and, like, coffee occasionally, which I just started to do again. But, like, smoothies are good, but I only drink, like, a couple sips out of it and then I'm done. I get bored of things real quick. But water, water is always the power. Should get on the uh, the smoothie game, man. It's um, I just don't like to chew in the morning. It's too much work. I keep it liquid till lunch. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm not. My stomach doesn't handle that. I need to like eat immediately as I wake up. So you just shove Reese's into your mouth as soon as you wake up. Do you eat those for breakfast? Uh, that's the post breakfast snack. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a pretty predictable animal. Do you do you drink the same smoothie every morning, or do you uh, mix it up, spice it up? I pretty much keep it the same for the most part, but yeah, I will change it up a little bit. I always do like banana, almond milk, spinach, some protein powder. If I'm feeling a little crazy, throw some more frozen fruit in there, some hemp seeds and chia seeds. And hemp seed. Hemp seeds. Oh, I thought you said Hep C. I was like, you're drinking hepatitis out here? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem healthy. <laughs> yeah, man. It's the... Phil's the, out here drinking hepatitis smoothies. Breakfast. It doesn't seem doesn't seem like there's a market in that. But no, it's, it sounds pretty delicious. I gotta get uh, I gotta get up on that. I don't have a blender. Alright, well... Damn, I should have bought you one for your birthday. But you did watch The Lost Boys for your birthday. I mean, I oh man, I mean, I was supposed to watch Malignant. You watched Lost Boys for my birthday. I was supposed mm-hmm. to watch Malignant. I never did though. And did you? No, I did not. Absolutely not. 
completely went back against your word. And it's not like it's a terrible movie, so it shouldn't be uh, like a complete drag for you to like put it on and watch it. Not terrible to you, but I'm telling you, the sec the second time around, you're gonna love it. You're gonna come around. Oh, I bet. <laughs> this is a fight I'm not willing to give up. Well, if you get too tired, Gabriel can continue the fight for you. Gabriel Gabriel's gonna eat that ass if you don't watch it. <laughs> oh shit, I found out that um we talked about that you've never seen Pet Cemetery. Yeah, yeah, another another classic that I just let slip by me. Never saw it. Now that's when I re- I saw the remake though. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that movie I almost fell asleep in the theater watching the remake, but I'm surprised that you had never seen Pet Cemetery 1 or 2 because I feel like when I was growing up, those would show on USA, AMC quite a bit. It just seemed to be everywhere. Um, That one I never, surprisingly, the Stephen King movie that I saw on TV a lot growing up, maybe since we're in different areas, maybe they just showed different movies, even though... TV stations pretty much play the same thing. I don't know how that works, but uh, Silver Bullet was on a lot. Um, Thinner, I've seen so many times on Ooh. TV. Yeah. Uh, that's a great. That's one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations. Thinner is a very underrated gem. Um, those two, yeah, those two. I've never seen Cujo either. I don't do animal things. It's hard for me to watch. Animals getting uh, abused in movies, even though Pet Cemetery is a little different. But Cujo, I, I wouldn't watch. I don't want to watch. <laughs> yeah, Cujo was okay. But hey, speaking of Thinner, also another North Carolina movie. They filmed that in Southport, I believe. Um, that could that could use a remake. I think. Mm, I, the way it was captured, though, it's just it's all about the atmosphere. Well, it some comes of down the... to because they're not going to cast like a gross looking old gypsy woman. They're going to like cast Katy Perry and do prosthetics on her or something. <laughs> and it's it's going to be like a new like, you know, like a TikTok. They're going to find them on TikTok or something. It's just going to be weird. I don't know. It, it's too, it, thinner is like one of those movies that I, I agree. The concept could be remade. But if you're going to remake it, just use the concept called something different. Maybe rework the. How how uh, well I guess you can't rework how he gets thinner, but yeah, I remember I a lot of um, a lot of the makeup work on that movie was like pretty rough when he was in like the fat suits and stuff. That's what makes it endearing, though. <laughs> it's so good. I have it. Uh, do I have it right here? Am I staring at it? I'm looking at the VHS that I have in my room. Uh, no, I don't. It's somewhere out my living room. Hmm. Wait, no, I'm blind. Hey, there it is. They should solid cover. They should have used a fat suit from uh, Just Friends, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thirty years uh, ahead uh, before it. It's Chris Brander. Maybe Ryan Reynolds used the fat suit from Thinner. Hey, maybe so. We'll have to look into. Oh that. man, I can't wait to cover that next month. People are gonna be like, "Why?" I watched that movie so many they're times. They're gonna be like, "Why are you covering just friends?" And be like, "Well, because we love that movie." Tough shit. It's Christmas time, baby. <laughs> we gotta do something. Yeah. Well, Doug, we gotta, we gotta do the top five Christmas movies. 
Okay, yeah, we can do that. Um, hey, Doug, you want to talk about some news that's going on? Hit him with the news, baby. Oh, see what we got. All right. Well, the first one here, um, Scream 6 has been moved up by a couple of weeks to March. Jesus, I can't talk. March 10th, 2023. <laughs> I didn't even hear your mistake there. <laughs> um, Are you as surprised as me that I just kind of totally forgot about this movie? I was like, wow, it's coming out in March. That's really soon. I honestly, I mean, this this year it came out in January, uh, which was pretty early. And usually, it seems like the way Hollywood works is that if if they don't really believe in a movie, they're just going to dump it at the beginning of the month before Oscar season, just to make a quick a couple bucks. You know, they're not they don't really have faith in the property. But Scream is a big property, and it's a big movie, and it made a lot of money, um, mainly because people love Ghostface and they love the new characters and. Despite your feelings on the last scream, which you said was lukewarm, aside from your uh, feelings on the main actress, your favorite actress. Oh, Melissa Brunner. Um, yep, that's the one. Yeah, give her an Oscar, people. My God. Just <laughs> the the range. Jenna on Ortega her. might be too good for scream. The way she goes from slightly confused to confused, that range that she has is just out of this world. <laughs> Looks like she needs to get her ass back to Burbank and take a couple of acting lessons, you fuck. Hey, you tell him. <laughs> take Uncle Tony's acting lessons. <laughs> yeah, I thought the new screen um, was just okay. I mean, it was had some good moments, but didn't really blow me away or anything. Yeah, it's not the first one I would rewatch. It was good. I The big moment with like Dewey, I thought was handled perfectly until you find out who was like, behind the mask oh amber because that's kind of physically impossible uh unless she's on like steroids or something because dewey riley is a pretty hefty guy uh and a tall one at that but um yeah i don't i i always think that when a movie moves up or back they're doing reshoots or something like that and they need to film something or add something uh so it's really no worries. Yeah, I mean, it's only by like a couple of weeks or something. Um, or they might have saw like the slate of what's coming out that week and they're like, we can't compete with that. Let's uh, let's move it. Yeah, there might be like some new Marvel bullshit coming out or something. That's right, baby. We got shit planned until 2026. Let's go. Phase five. Telling you, Black Panther. Black Panther is the one you got to watch. Okay, I mean, we're talking Marvel. I'll watch that one. Um, but hey, no, that, that one you would connect. No, Nev Campbell this time. Way to go! You fucked up. You killed Dewey. You don't pay Nev Campbell. Wow. Do you think that's real though? Maybe it's on the hush hush that she's actually in it, and it's going to be like a surprise. If they could keep that a secret, and if they could pull it off, and this is all like one big. Um, publicity stunt type of deal. That could be that could be a real thing. Yeah, or at the very least, um, maybe kill her off in the beginning. Because I mean, I'm sure that they, be that they could have paid her enough to be like, okay, well, look, we just want you for like ten minutes opening scene kill. That would be a pretty 
gutsy move to do that. That's honestly what they should have done the, the in Scream 5. That's true, because she was like a... That would have had more of an impact. Yeah. Um, or kill Gail already. Like, just, dude, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> well, they're going to New York City, and that's where Gail uh, apparently moved to. So, it seems like it's going to be centered on that. I don't know what they're going to do in New York City. It's an interesting concept to move from uh, Woodsboro. Are they going to have a showdown at the Statue of Liberty or something? <laughs> They're going to Ellis Island. <laughs> now, they need to have... If, if Jay-Z and Alicia Keys' New York State of Mind starts playing, I'm walking out of the theater. Oh, you know they are. There's going to be like that cliche overhead helicopter shot as they're crossing the bridge, and, <laughs> and that song's going to be playing, and Melissa Barrera is going to turn to Jenna Ortega and be like, this is the fresh start that we need. Nothing bad's gonna happen. <laughs> I could see that happening. I could absolutely see that happening. <laughs> you you just wrote the opening scene. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, scream, and then they get robbed and, and stabbed. Scream six. We will see it. Hopefully, it'll be good. I kind of have low. Yeah, hopes I literally for... have no expectations for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, low expectations, but. Hey, then we won't be disappointed. Maybe it'll be really good. There's always a shot of it being really good. It's always 50-50. Yeah. All right, you want to talk about the uh the big news? The big news on the block right now? Drop the bombshell on that campsite. All right. Crystal Lake. Not Friday the 13th is going to be called Crystal Lake. Um will be premiering as a TV show on Peacock. It's going to be written by Brian Fuller, who also did Hannibal, which I don't think either of us have seen, but I hear it's really good. It's going to be executive produced by Victor Miller, who was a writer on the original. And of course, A24 is involved. So there you go. I mean, this, uh, this franchise is kind of like the last out of all the big name slashers and all of that, this is the last thing I would ever expect A24 to be involved with. Yeah, it seems like they're kind of in their slasher era now with like Ty West and X and Pearl and everything. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we've never seen Hannibal. I've watched like the first two episodes and I never fully invested my time into it. Although Mads Mikkelsen is like a great actor and everything. Um, but yeah, this, yeah, Friday the 13th hasn't gotten a makeover since 2009. It would be cool to see what A24 does with it. Plus, the original writer's on it. So you already know, I mean, you know, for all we know, he could have outdated ideas. But at least it's someone who is there from the inception of Friday the 13th. So you know his DNA is already built in it. Uh, even though Friday the 13th is like a prequel anyway. Like the first one's like a prequel to Jason Voorhees. So it's going to be interesting to see the episodes, how they progress. Like what do you think is going to happen? If it's like a limited series or like just one that keeps going? Well, the way that um, <clears throat> Brian Fuller was talking on this Fangoria interview, sounds like there's going to be multiple seasons. They have like, 
tons of stuff planned. Like, there will be some prequel-type stuff, you know, with the Pamela Voorhees and all that, but it'll also expand into Jason. And they can use Jason, the hockey mask, machete. All that stuff is legally cleared to use because Victor Miller is... Well, there was, like, that big lawsuit with Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham. Sean Cunningham created the series, and he hired Victor Miller. So he created the character of Jason. It was a whole bunch of just bullshit back and forth. But I think that's over with now. It was like a long legal battle. Yes, for like many, many years. But we will get Jason in some form or another. Who knows what they'll do with it? Maybe they'll take like the best parts of each movie and just kind of like maybe Creighton Duke will come back from Jason Goes to Hell. That would be (laughs) great. I mean, that's a good character in a pretty bad movie. They have a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of like meaty stories in there that they could, that they could take on like the whole Tommy Jarvis angle and like go through his PTSD and trauma of surviving Jason and like, you know, killing him kind of, and then growing up. And then it's kind of like a Michael Myers situation with uh Laurie Strode. They kind of like go hand in hand, Tommy Jarvis and uh, Jason Voorhees. It would be kind of cool to see Tommy Jarvis come back, especially for like the, fa- the OG fans. I'm curious to know though, being, it seems like a lot of mainstream audiences are getting more in tune with horror, especially after terrifier two making $10 million at the box office. Yeah. It seems like not only us horror fans are going out to see this movie. The word of mouth is so like buzzy that regular, just, you know, regular audience members are going to like, see it. Yeah. So like, I wonder how many people are going to check this out. That's not particularly a horror fan. Yeah. I mean, even, uh, Dan Cortez was on the red carpet for terrifier too. Jesse camp and uh <laughs> Suchin Park Kurt Loder was out there <laughs> Dave Holmes doing another version of Say What Karaoke with Art the Clown that was a fun segment Oh that was a show wasn't it Say What Karaoke It was one of the best And they didn't know the lyrics you didn't know what song you were doing Yeah sorry guys so, like, we've been on a MTV VJ kick lately <laughs> like hey remember <laughs> fucking Sushin Pak, baby. She gave us MTV News. Who was that other lady with the red hair? Um, I damn it. I think we named the ones that we only remember. Jesse Camp, we got Carson Daly doing TRL. Sushin Pak, Kurt Loder, Dave Holmes. Um, who was the other one? Uh, the other guy. I don't know. It'll come to me. Ah, shit. <laughs> But yeah, Terrifier 2 crushed it at the box office, so that's great. And I think it's still in theaters. It is still in theaters. It, it's really killing it. And uh, this movie critic that I watch on uh, on YouTube, his name is Dan Merle. Very intelligent dude, and he does this chart, uh, this chart show, and he breaks down the box office and you know stuff that's been in theaters for like just like limited release, single screen. He goes. He does global charts, U.S. charts, everything. And uh, he's been tracking Terrifier 2, and the way he explained it, he was like, it's a very old-school method 
the release schedule that they're doing is a very old school method where like you roll it out to a couple theaters it ex- and it keeps expanding because it just keeps on getting you know it keeps on getting traction and people keep talking about it and he's like that's what honestly a lot of movies should do instead of just making it explode and releasing it in every single theater and not making enough money and then it's out of the theater in like a weekend or two yeah and i think it's playing in like australia or it started playing in australia last weekend so and yeah in canada and other countries it's getting a lot of buzz and like it was only made for 250,000 wow the 10 million that is a good return there seriously and it seems like I mean, Damien Leone put on his Kevin Feige Marvel hat and he's got like a whole plan and blueprint for like, you know, this whole franchise. Because like he already laid the gl- the groundwork in Terrifier 2 for like, you know, the dad storyline with Sienna. That would be rad to see um, how that all plays out. Terrifier yeah. 2 is great. If anyone hasn't seen it by now. They got to see it. (laughs) Yeah, you scared me there when you mentioned Damien, Leon, and Marvel. I was like, oh my God, did they call him up too? Hey, look, Damien. Look, we want you to make a new Marvel movie. Okay, we'll give you a little. Imagine? I don't want to imagine. Art the Clown, Iron Man crossover. Let's go. No. No. Please, (laughs) please don't. (laughs) You don't want to see a PG 13 Art the Clown? No, I don't. Oh, I by the way, the clown everywhere. By the way, Tabitha Soren, that's her name. That name I don't remember. The really? redhead? Yeah, Tabitha Soren. She was always doing the MTV news. Tabitha Soren? Mm-hmm. I if, I I can't recall. Okay, well, if you see her picture, you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember her. Do you have a Camp Crystal Lake thermos? Uh, no, this is made by our friends at Toxic Coffin. This is their Camp Cryptid glow-in-the-dark water bottle. Yeah, this thing's great. I love it. Those dudes are rad. I love them. Yeah, they are. Shout out to those dudes. North Carolina boys, like myself. Except they don't look as white trash as you. You know what, dog? You can go fuck yourself. How about that? (laughs) You're out here sleeping in the sticks with your dirty-ass camo crock feet. (laughs) Oh man! Hey, a part of me, <laughs> a a part of me deep down would love nothing more than to like hop on a four wheeler today and just drive into the woods and do some redneck shit. But I mean, I'm in Raleigh. I kind of miss those days. You're about to be in the mountains today. That's true. You're like, hey, yeah, move up to New York. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, we have woods over here. Maybe like a couple meters worth of woods. Uh, behind a train station. I'm sure they're really nice. Yeah, you know, you could you could hear the car horns over the nice uh, wind blowing. Yeah, you can uh, go walk through the graveyard of hypodermic needles and just... <laughs> Alright, listen, we're not fucking Jersey, okay? <laughs> That's the shore, get it right. Um. Oh yeah, so back to Friday the 13th. So what do you want to see out of this series, Doug? I mean, if this is A24. I don't want to say the E word, but we all know the one. <laughs> I just don't want it to get like too artsy fartsy. 
a part of me just wants an 80s throwback slasher Jason movie, but I doubt that'll be the case with this. Yeah, well, you could always count on A24 stuff to be very well written. So I'm hyped about that. If it's anything like X, you know, because X was like the perfect example of an 80s throwback slasher. Well, that was a 70s uh, throwback, but yeah. 70s, sorry. 70, 70s. Either way, throwback to the classic slasher movies. Yeah. Um, It's going to be cool to see what they, you know, how they handle uh, Jason Voorhees and Pamela Voorhees and the whole, that whole thing. They could add a lot of, like, like you don't even need a lot of nuance to it like you said it doesn't need to be this complex thing it could just be a really fun slasher that's serialized and you know people do root for jason in these movies um but it would be cool to have characters that you connect with uh i'm kind of thinking like a more adult version of like fear street did you watch the fear street movies i tried to watch the 1994 one and much like the new Hellraiser, I was like, this looks horrible. Like, it's lit so Dude. fucking bad. I just couldn't get into it, man. I, Dude. I don't know. Sorry, I know that you sounds got, very I'm nitpicky. Telling you, but... you have to rewatch it. I I didn't watch it when it first came out. I recently watched it maybe like a couple months ago. Maybe like three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. I was blown away. Honestly. It was one of my favorite things that I've watched that's like modern horror. Uh, the director just got it right. And the writing was great. The characters were great. It was, uh, it was bloody. It was gory. They didn't hold back. Uh, the way the camera was framed in a lot of the gory scenes, because it's still like, you know, it's a goosebumps book or whatever. So you can't go full rated R, but they went pretty hard. Um, they went pretty hard R at some of those, uh, with some of those scenes, the way like she, uh, the director, I forgot her name, but she was great. The way she framed the camera in some of these scenes, she used, like, it wasn't all CGI. It was, like, straight up, you know, full, like, like makeup and prosthetics. Uh, the way she shot it made some of the made some of the kills look really grotesque. So I, I would definitely give that one a shot over Malignant, easily. Oh, well, anything over. Over Malignant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll watch just about anything before Malignant. Um, hey, son of a bitch. Yeah, you son of a bitch. You motherfucker, you. <sighs> hey, while we're kind of on the topic of Friday the 13th, in the spirit of our Halloween ranking episode, off the top of our heads, top five of the series. What's your number one? All right, you, you take it first since uh, you don't want to hear my rankings. Oh, that was a low <laughs> blow, Doug. i'm kidding i'm kidding well hey during that episode yeah i apologize for that everybody when i was listening back to it i was like jesus phil get it together i was like oh yeah halloween exasperated (laughs) that was too good i didn't even realize like i didn't even realize you were that like out of it but i saw you kind of like fading off and slinking back into the chair i could see on the camera i was like beat red for some reason I was like, oh my god, I look like shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your forehead was sweater, sweatier than normal. Yeah, never do a very hard workout and then not eat for three or four Eating's hours. important, Phil. 
you gotta eat. Yeah, I know. But um, oh, what what do you want to see out of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise? Oh, I thought we were doing rankings, but okay. I still want to hear your thoughts. All right, because I value your opinion. You matter. Don't ever and forget the it. Need to know. Okay, what I <laughs> what do I want to see? Um, I don't know. Just go back to the basics. Like, don't go over the top with, you know, trying to be all artistic and, dare I say, elevated from... <laughs> you said. I know, oh my god, that fucking word. Um, I'm just excited to see Jason on screen killing teenagers at a camp. Oh, there you go. Teenagers at a camp, Okay. Take it back to Crystal Lake with a uh, with campers and stuff. Like, don't get too crazy. Don't go, I don't know, back to New York or something. Well, you're gonna you're gonna hate my ranking then. Oh, and that that's not a knock on Jason Takes Manhattan. I'm just saying, like, take it back to where it started. You know. It's called Camp Crystal Lake. Oh, yeah, that's true. You would yeah, think that true. they they would film the the show within Crystal Lake. All right, so yeah, that's step one. But I don't know. Yeah, they could explore Crystal Lake more. Yeah, sure. Um, all right, top five of the series. Let's see. My number one. I have to go with Jason Lives just because I've seen that one countless times. I mean, it's a classic. Yeah. Now you could argue that the final chapter. Okay. So the final chapter would be my number two. And you could argue that that's the best one because that's a true. That's the true essence of what the franchise is. Whereas part six is almost like a parody in a way. Like it's kind of half serious, half parody. You know? Yeah. It's starting to get into, like, not goofy territory, yeah, but, like, it's more self-aware. Yeah, which I like, and they tiptoe that line very well, but if somebody were to come to me and say, hey, I've never seen a Friday the 13th movie, what's, like, the one movie that represents the essence of the franchise the best? I would say the final chapter. I would have to agree with that. It has everything that you want out of a Jason movie. In that movie. And honestly, I think a little bit of Jason lives too. You could kind of, yeah. you know, in tandem, go back and forth between those movies. And those are honestly, I mean, yeah, I think they're, they really capture the essence of Jason Voorhees and what the franchise is all about pretty well. That's when they get their, seems they get their footing or Jason gets their footing within that, those pockets of, uh, those pocket of movies. Yeah, but. <clears throat> my number three spot i know this technically isn't the best movie but maybe jason takes manhattan just because it's so much fun Hell yeah maybe it's a lot of fun um let's see number four possibly the new blood i just love the design of the jason yeah except for all the telekinesis stuff that's that stuff is pretty bad, but the look of Jason, in my opinion, is the best in that movie. And that was also directed by uh, John Carl Buechler, R.I.P., famous special makeup effects artist. So maybe that's why he looks so good in that. 
Um, yeah, and the, the the final scene in that movie, outside, like in the dirt, it's just all like muddy and gross, and it looks really it looks great. Yeah, number five, I would maybe throw part three or something. Yeah, yeah hell yeah, in three D, and just people doing random things just for the sake of 3d like playing with a yo-yo yeah <laughs> that's true like like okay this has no bearing on the script whatsoever but it looks cool in 3d uh that's a solid list part three is easily i mean it's where jason becomes jason that's true there's a bit of trivia uh, for you I feel like our list is pretty pretty much mirrors each other. I pulled up my letterbox here because I actually during like last month I was just ranking like franchises in the horror realm, seeing just where my head was at, what I liked the most, just to get all the uh get it organized. I like lists. Lists are my are my favorite things. Uh my number one would be Jason Takes Manhattan. It's I can't deny it any longer. It's too good of a movie to, for, to not be number one. It encapsulates everything I love about Jason movies, uh, Friday the 13th, and it's just stupid fun, like you said. Yeah. And, like, the effects are great. I lo- And I lo- I'm a sucker for New York movies. I love movies that take place in New York because I'm fucking from there. I like seeing New York even though it was only in the movie for <laughs> fucking five minutes. Well, not even that. I mean, that was Vancouver. Act, it was Vancouver, actual, yeah. Jason takes Vancouver. Actual New York stuff. There's only that one scene when he's in Times Square, and that lasts for about a minute. All right, so yeah, five seconds. <laughs> yeah. But still, just the fact that it's called Jason Takes Manhattan. Uh, they could do makes it um, one of my favorites. Jason Takes Long Island. I would love for Jason to make a stop over in, uh, well, uh, Huntington. I wasn't sure if I was going to say my hometown, but... <laughs> Huntington's a, a big place. Well, he kind of looks um, like he's covered in olive oil in that movie. It's very greasy. Yeah, very like yeah, like expired olive oil a little <laughs> bit down in those sewers. That's actually what runs our like sewer system, just olive oil. <laughs> I didn't know that. How long is um, olive oil good on the shelf? I don't know. A long time. It's like one of those things, like peanut butter. Like, it doesn't expire. Like, you could still eat it in the apocalypse. Like, it lasts for a long time. All right. Good to know. Yeah, let the... Uh, well, you'll never go hungry. marry. Well, did you eat breakfast this morning? Or drink breakfast? Oh, yes, I did. But, no, I said you'll never go yeah. hungry in the apocalypse. And I know you keep, like, a... Oh, no, I'll be fucking drinking olive oil all day. <laughs> all right, what's your number two, Doug? Uh, my number two is part three good pick i love it i love the setting of it i'm big with settings especially when they go like they when they branch out um yeah i love the barn scene is great everything in the barn is awesome um characters are fun it's just a i, I love the atmosphere of the movie and again jason becomes jason in that movie and that's where they really take off with him um my number three would be the final chapter storyline is just alone i think is uh for a horror movie pretty uh flawless and interesting uh then after that uh number four jason lives 
those could be interchangeable. Those two, for me, final chapter and Jason lives. Um, and then the fifth, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, Part Two. All right, because it's still it's pretty raw. Tater pretty early tater sack that. Jason. Yeah, <laughs> potato sack Jason. What would, where would you put? Because neither of us have the first Friday the Thirteenth in our in our top five. So I guess it seems like it's ranked pretty low for us. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to sit down and do like really think about it, but maybe like in the seventh or eighth spot or something. Yeah. It's like near there for me. Do you like the remake? It's like, like what's up? The remake? Yeah. Low. Like the last one. Yeah. It's like pretty bad, but it does have some, some parts in it that I like. Everything just happens, you know, with a lot of these, like, horror remakes. They bank a lot on all of the movies in the franchise, so they kind of, you know, cherry-pick stuff, and everything just gets mashed together, and things just happen so fast. Like, in one movie, he finds the hockey mask. In one movie, he does this, 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 this. It's like, whoa, all right, slow down. At least, uh, as Friday the 13th, the original franchise, you know, it's not, you know, fine cinema and art. But at least it took its time to progress. You yeah. know, he gets the fucking, you get the, you know, the Pamela Voorhees stuff, and then you get the potato sack, and then he finds the hockey mask. It's called progression. I feel it's like called you're, character building. I feel like you're directing that comment towards a certain director right now. Oh, am I? <laughs> I wasn't even, maybe subconsciously, yes. You haven't trashed David Gordon Green yet this episode. Who? <laughs> David Gordon. His, his, yeah, his name doesn't uh, penetrate my brain anymore because <laughs> negative energy is just trying to be blocked out here. And David Gordon uh, Green is all negative energy. Well, hey, the um, the intro of the remake, I thought was pretty badass. You had like potato sack Jason uh-huh. and he doesn't he like set that girl on fire while she's in the sleeping bag. Uh. I haven't seen it in a hot minute. The last time I tried to watch it, I turned it off. Uh, I did see that in theaters, though. Um, I watched it over the pandemic. Uh, you could be right. But wow, something with the sleeping bag. You know what was cool, though? Where he fucking chucks the axe and hits that dude like right in the spine. Yeah, it's got some good kills. So. Again, same thing with all the other remakes besides Nightmare on Elm Street, because that was just abysmal. Yeah. Uh, kills are fine. It's everything surrounding the kills that need a little bit of polishing. Yeah, not all of your actors need to be fresh off the Abercrombie and Fitch catalog. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm hot as shit. What's up? Where's Jason at? <laughs> it's like, just cast <laughs> I just sprayed my body with Axe body spray. I'm all set to go. Let's go camping, guys. <laughs> exactly. Like Anyone got a mint? My breath smells like horse manure. <laughs> You know, I was updating my Exanga and I was busy trying to blow myself. Zanga? Uh, what's going on? Where's Jason? Did you just reference Zanga? <laughs> yeah, I, <did. laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. You remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about it on my live journal later. <laughs> or you could ask, well, you could ask the anonymous questions. I was going to say that, but I still do that. Yeah, well, hey, Doug, speaking of questions... <clears throat> we got some from our listeners. You want to answer some? Let's go. 
let's go, baby. Let's right. see what we got. And we, I'm excited. And we got about oh, 20, so this might take a little while, so let's get to it. That's yeah, pretty solid. I'll start with this one. Our friend, Pretty Hate Machine, from the Late Night hey. Ghouls podcast. What's up, Lizzie Borden? Yeah, they'll be joining us for a new metal episode later this month. We got to set that up. Absolutely. I already got the uh, the tracksuits saved on Amazon, so I got to send you the link. We got to buy them. Hell yes. ASAP. Maybe some Kangol hats. Ooh, like the bucket hats? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, let's go with bucket hats. Okay. All right, she wants to know, is there any Deftone song that Doug can tolerate listening to? <laughs> Doug, the floor is yours. Um... I'm going to take a long pause here because fuck no, no, I would rather listen to like, like my toilet running for over like 45 minutes. I would rather listen to like, like shove a plunger in my ear and just like, give me like all like the eardrum damage. And that would probably sound like, give me like cochlear implants and just like flick them every five seconds. And I would rather listen to that than literally any Deftone song ever. Nickelback is better than Deftones. No. Come on. Easily. Dude. Yeah, they got groove. Deftones so much groove. has groove. Deftones. What groove? His fucking whisper screaming. God damn. Those fucking lazy guitars that sounded like they it sounds like he's the pick that he's using to play his guitar is like night the night like a NyQuil pill. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking garbage. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> Play your guitar over the night cool. <laughs> Alright, well I love that. She puts me to sleep. I l- sexy? How do people think that's sexy? Listen, I'm all for you know obviously I'm in the minority here. Everyone loves the death tones. I just don't I just don't understand it. If I'm going sexy, I'm talking about the gap band, baby. Corn. That's a that's a weird weird gap to go from, but I say this as somebody that likes corn. Corn is not sexy music. Uh, did you hear dead bodies everywhere? That's a sexy beat. Sure. Okay. Well, <laughs> look, I love Deftones and, uh, sorry, Liz. Yeah. I apologize for Doug. Okay. Well, you shouldn't, let- you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to. <sighs> what if like, I sent you some in- instrumental tracks. I mean, they have some sick I- riffs and grooves. No, no, I don't think so. You're just... I tried White Pony. I tried. I don't hear anything of... Anything that I like. It's boring. Fucking boring music. All right, Liz. Thanks for the question. (laughs) (laughs) You knew... Hey, if people want honesty, I'm going to give them honesty. You knew what you were getting into by asking that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next question. Give me Static X. Okay, can't argue with that. My friend Nicole wants to know, you move into a house and spooky shit happens. Hey, Nicole. Pick your fighter, Lin Shay or the Warrens. So this is uh, in the insidious world, so I will pass this over to Douglas, because he likes that mm. shit. Uh, what, <laughs> he, what he likes that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> like that popcorn filth. Um... This this is a toss up because you know what they're 
all those characters are both resilient. They've been through a lot of stuff uh, over each movie. Um, that's kind of a tough one. It's kind of a toss-up. Uh, but if we're going, I would say Lindsay. Lindsay. Lindsay has <laughs> since she's older. Uh, she has a lot more experience. So if we're going with experience and who could, uh, you know, she got people out of the further. Uh, she dealt with all that. I would say, I would say Lin Shay. Yeah, I will go uh, Sensei Lin Shay as well. Hey, Sensei Shay. Just because she's kind of a horror icon, you know? Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, yeah, she is. She was a teacher. Yeah, she's been on a lot of stuff. All right. Our friend Oscar, Oz, the Great and Powerful, wants to know, name one pop song you're not ashamed to say is a banger. Now, I'm on the team that you should never be ashamed of whatever you like. But Absolutely. You like what you like. You can't help what touches your soul. Doug can't help that he loves Deftones. Like, he just admits it, you know? Like, he he's proud of it. But what's... And you just call Deftones pop. I mean, I guess you could say some of their stuff has pop elements but all right doug what's uh what's one pop song that you love well it's hard to pick just one because there's plenty of bangers out there uh from the pop world especially in the 80s and 90s early 2000s um if we're gonna go straight up pop we gotta go something with the Backstreet boys uh what's going on uh that was called that uh we we got it going on. That's what it's called. I just sing it in my head for a second. You want to sing a little bit for us? And I'm his backstreet's got it. Come on now, everybody. Banger. <laughs> Listen to that beat. Talk about sexy. That's a funky beat. Ooh, I'll go. Isn't the band called the Cardigans? That that song from the nineties. Kiss me. Yeah, love me, love me. Oh, that yeah. <laughs> See that you love me. That. I always get them confused with uh, Sixpence None the Richer. Hmm. Yeah, I'll go that song, but I'm not ashamed to say that I like that song. I'm not ashamed to say I like anything. Yeah, as as anyone shouldn't. If you like it, you like it. All right, our dear friend Maddie K. Howard says not a question hey maddie hey and by the way she coined the term pasta goblin by the way because we were talking about you one day she's like oh that that pasta goblin he's crazy talking about me behind my back well maddie knows how much i appreciate and love her and she's the coolest ever no we're just saying good things about you don't worry it's a it's okay you guys can trash talk me it's a term of endearment um she i'll take the trash she says not a question just want to send love to my two favorite horror podcasters well, thank hey. you, Maddie. We appreciate that. Send the same energy back to you. Um, Janice underscore F wants to know. Janice. Most fucked up horror movie. This could go one or two ways. It could either be psychological or just like, you know, super gore fest. Uh, what do you say? Um... Off the top of my head, I have to say this recent movie I watched on Shudder, Speak No Evil. By the end of that, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. I was like, wow, this is pretty fucked up. It was really well done. It made me extremely uncomfortable throughout the movie. 
So I highly recommend that one to everybody. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's the most fucked up of all time, but I don't know. But it immediately came to your head. Yeah, I guess I could say be up there. the cliche answer, like Cannibal Holocaust or something, but I don't support that piece of shit because they kill actual animals in that movie. And that movie can go fuck Yeah, itself. no. How about that? I'm, I'm not a fan of that movie. I'm not a fan of that director. Uh, I don't under, I never understood the hype around that movie. It's not a good movie at all. Yeah. Just really, really unnecessarily ruthless. Uh, and yeah, killing actual animals is not cool. Killing a tortoise for your, or anything. for your shitty edgelord movie. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> all right, we're on the same page about something. Thank God. Uh, thank the Lord. Um, <laughs> if we're going psychological, I have to say hereditary. Um, just because of the sheer, uh, terror that that movie put me in, uh, watching it in the movie theater, I couldn't sleep for like a week, week and a half afterwards. It just, just stuck with me. It's again, like speak no evil, I guess it's very uncomfortable, Yeah, but like it's the a good horror movie will make you feel, uh, that type of uh, uncomfortability. Uh, if we're going like all out gore fest. Since you said a recent movie, I have to say uh, Terrifier 2. Yeah. There was there were moments in that movie where I was like, he needs to stop eventually. <laughs> he needs to fucking just put an end to it and stop torturing this poor, poor woman. Yeah. Um, stop the damn match. <laughs> call, call the match, King! Call it! <laughs> it, was, it, was too, it was too messed up to not say Terrifier 2 is easily one of the most gory... Uh, twisted horror movies of all time. I think hmm. it earned that title. Yeah. Uh, so let's go with that. All right. Here's Johnny 79 coming all the way from Scotland. Wants to know. Hello, Scotland. Oh, that wasn't a Scotland accent. <laughs> and by the way, I am going to be on his podcast for his 400th episode and final episode in december final episode yeah he's done 400 episodes and he's finally ending it so he wants me to join him for that in december so i'll be doing that's gonna be pretty fun yeah i covered uh dr sleep with him on his podcast and you didn't like that movie. and we just ripped it apart so it's a good movie no it's not all right his question is is, (laughs) what's your favorite horror movie that is made in your hometown slash state oh they were we were kind of just talking about it before. Um, oh, I, I can name so many. But if I could only name one. I'm not going to name my favorite one. But I'm going to name I'm going to name a movie that I think captures the essence of New York. And that's Maniac. All right. Yeah, that's a really grimy, dirty movie. Yeah, it like per and like the way New York was portrayed in like you know the old 70s and 80s movies like with Times square being like filled with prostitutes and drugs and just like it's really skeezy and really disgusting maniac captures it so perfectly and it's kind of comforting in a way yeah that um... you have like the neon lights when he's walking past like the strip clubs and everything and just like you know the italian restaurant that he goes to and all that stuff and the cemetery it's just it's just new york the movie's so new york all right, good answer. Yeah, that shotgun. Especially going oh, the, the subway scene too. Yeah, that shotgun blast to the head. 
Shit's pretty intense. One of, one of the best that Tom Savini's ever did. Yeah. All right, my answer. So I'm in North Carolina. Um, Silver Bullet, Wilmington, North Carolina. Tons of movies that have been place? filmed in. Yeah, well, it was yeah. they they filmed it here. So, oh, rad. Okay. Yeah. But there's been a ton of movies filmed in Wilmington. So Cabin North Fever Carolina was filmed. Like big... Cabin Fever was in the mountains of North Carolina. Oh, that's a movie I haven't revisited in a long time. Hmm. That's pretty good. It's not one of my favorites, but Silver Bullet's a good choice though. Yeah, I'll go Silver Bullet. <clears throat> All right. Let's see. Sorry guys, I'm sifting through my questions here. All right. And this long pause will be edited out. <laughs> No, it won't. It's going straight up after this. <laughs> so, Fuck yeah, let's go. All right. Order 66 Junkie says, is hey, there what's up, dude? Is there any dream guest you want on the show? Any personal goals for the podcast? Um, Dream guest? I don't know. Who's your dream, dream guest, Doug? Dream guest? Yeah. Oh, I I think it would be fun to talk to uh if we're gonna get anyone. I think Lauren Lavera would be cool from Terrifier too. She's like, you know, kinda new to this whole I don't I don't really I'm not really sure what she's done before, but it would be cool to like talk to her about her recent you know, like she's blowing up with Terrifier too. It'd be kinda cool to like talk to her about that stuff. And uh how she feels about Terrifier Two being well received and how people are you know, so many people are cosplaying as her. She's like a new horror final girl. Yeah. Uh, so that'd be cool to kind of pick her brain about that. Well, maybe we can get her on the show after things kind of cool off, you know, with Terrifier that'd being be, in theaters. That'd be so cool. Then you could um, ask her out on a date. See what she says. She'd probably, she'd probably deny me. Be like, hey, I'll cook you some fucking pasta. We'll... Like, I made some salmon burrata the other night. Let me give you some fresh Italian meat, baby. <laughs> um, my dream guest would be... Oh, man, I don't even know. I don't have an answer lined up. Kurt Russell. Uh, Chino Marino. From Death I will be sitting that one out. <laughs> would you say that to Chino's face? If I was like, Actually hey. not. I'd be like, you know, you're one of the most influential bands of all time. Uh, you know, your songwriting skills are so on point. I just don't know how you do it. Um, did you have vocal surgery? Because it sounds like you can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, sounds man. like you're hoarse constantly. All right. There's my dream guest just for that conversation. Um, <laughs> as far as personal goals for the podcast. Well, we are going to start doing some patreon stuff like exclusive stuff i don't have it set up yet but we also want to do more episodes where people just get involved like we do kind of big chat hangouts and yeah you know do stuff like that we're gonna get some new merch soon yeah so, some shirts and sweaters the new logo's looking fire the new logo is badass more on that later hell yeah um, it'd be cool to like hang out with people 
Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'm really happy with where the podcast is at right now. Hey, coming up on a hundred episodes, man. This is like ninety five, right? Uh yeah. Yep. Oh my god. I don't know. I'm I'm glad to be a part of it. And you uh, know I love hanging out with you off air, outside of air, on the phone, talking shit. So Hey It's if, gonna be a good time to uh We're just we're just hanging yeah, out talking it wasn't shit here, for, except if, we're if just if it wasn't it. for you, man, um I would definitely not be at ninety five episodes. You make this a lot easier and a lot more fun. Um so yeah, it's good good having you on board, sir. Oh, my dick just got hard. Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweetie. No, no, it's 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 so cool that people actually, you know, care enough to like listen. It's pretty it's a pretty fun thing to talk about, you know, stuff that we love to do or or love to watch and uh our passions of we're just two fucking movie-loving nerds and you know, we're not trying to like, you know, I don't want this to come off as like, you know, superior or pompous, but like, it seems like people enjoy what we talk about, you know, the messages that we get and stuff like that. And like, we're friends with everyone that listens. So like the community that we have is really badass. Uh, just fun to like hang out with you, talk to other people, talk about shit yeah. that we love. Yeah. Onwards it's and upwards from here, Doug. What's, what does Buzz Lightyear say? Shit. Uh, to, to infinity, infinity and, and beyond. beyond. <laughs> I was going to say up, up, and away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next question here comes from R. Cochran17, our buddy Robert. Hey. He wants to know, what's your favorite, oh, cons- what's your favorite concert experience? Ooh. All right. You could, you could take this one because I, I got to think about mine. One that comes to mind was... Being 16 years old, seeing Slipknot front row at the House of Blues in 2004, that was pretty mind-blowing. You're so lucky. Um, Deftones the year before that was also pretty sick. I met Chino after yeah, the show. Yeah, I'm sure your 13-year-old ass with your with your Jenko jeans and Discman absolutely loved that show. I did. Drinking Chino Moreno's sweat from the front row. <laughs> Yeah, I've been to a lot Wait, of good shows. You saw shows. Slipknot in, in their prime. What? Oh, yeah. I saw Slipknot for the first time in 2001 during the Iowa days. That was awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, cl- classic album. And watching them in their prime was probably the best. Yeah. Also, Nine Inch Nails. really in, wild. Nine Inch Nails in 2006. That was a killer show. I don't know. I've been to a lot of really good shows over the years. But do you have one in mind, Doug? Uh, well, you work yeah, at a music kind of venue. An unconventional answer. What I said, you work at a music venue, so you're almost like kind of jaded or spoiled a bit in a way. Yeah, spoiled and jaded because it, it, the shows that we have, we get good shows, but you know, not typically the shows that I would go to. Like I would pay money for. Sometimes we do. Um, like we we had um, Black Label Society. We had Trivium. Um, and tri- I do have a trivium tattoo, unfortunately. Uh, but we could talk about that another time. Uh, I got it when I was nineteen, so only maybe one of the only tattoos I kind of regret because it's a little, 
on the big side than I wish it wasn't. Um, but no, I would say, like, you know, like, all right. Me and my dad saw the Dave Matthews band in, like, 2014, 2015. And, like, you know when you're young and, like, your parents show you, like, a specific band or whatever, something that they like, and you kind of just gravitate towards it and it just, like, sticks with you, you know? Sure. Yeah. So, like, me and my sister and my dad grew up listening to the Dave Matthews band because it's one of one of his favorite bands. Criminally underrated. I don't care what anyone says. The musicianship on all of the people in that band is incredible. Dave Matthews' hands do some crazy things. Um, but yeah, uh, we went to go see them at Jones Beach uh, in 2015. And it was just a great experience because they played a song uh, for the encore at the end. That's my favorite Dave Matthews song called Ironically Halloween. And uh, my dad said they never play that song, like, ever. He said they, he only saw it play, played live once. Uh, and he saw them, like, 15 or 16 times. So he was like, yeah, they're probably not going to play it. And then they play one song uh, for the encore. And then the lights go down, the lights go red. And then Halloween starts playing. And me and my dad are like, this is incredible. What the fuck is happening? So that was pretty cool to see live. It was a cool uh cool bonding experience. Yeah, that's cool. Um Yeah, me and my dad, we shared like some kind of similar moments. Like my dad never really listened to music, but he had like a few CDs he would play. One of them was Hootie <laughs> and the Blowfish's album. Yes. So anytime Old school Hootie. Anytime I hear I only want to be with you, I just I mean that's just a good song. So. Did you guys ever go to a, go to a show together? He took me to besides Oz- him just like taking you and dropping you off. He took me to Ozfest '99, and he sat there for the whole show. So he like sat on the lawn, like underneath a tree, and just drank water and That's smoked incredible. cigarettes all day while I was, you know, looking at bands and stuff. And to hear him retell his story of Ozfest—that's the one thing. If I could go back and record anything for a podcast it would be him describing what it was like to be at Ozfest. <laughs> it's like this you know hard-ass southern man he was just like it just the nastiest damn people you've ever seen like god knows <laughs> like <laughs> it was i would i would have loved to hear your dad describe what the music sounded like um, if he liked hootie and the blowfish you know primer 55 didn't really seem up his alley <laughs> Yeah, but I, I like those kind of uh, memories, you know, like it might not be the cool band to say, but yeah, good answer, Doug. Yeah, it doesn't need to be cool. It's just memorable. Yeah. All right. Our dear friend Vanessa wants to know. Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa. What's your most favorite practical effect in a horror movie? Hmm. There's so many good ones. Um, if I had to choose one, uh, just off the top of my head, uh, it's going to be, I would say, I, I'm pretty sure it's Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Master, uh, mm-hmm. where, like, he's in the church and they're, like, defeating Freddy Krueger and the glass, the stained glass is breaking and the beautiful soft lighting is coming in and, uh, 
Freddy Krueger, like all like the souls are popping out of his chest. And it just looks so gruesome and so disgusting the way like the faces are going against like his skin and like exploding out of his chest uh, and his back and everything. Uh, master, masterfully done. I would I would say that one stuck with me over the years. Just great, great imagery, and the way it was like directed when the camera's kind of just like spinning around. Yeah, it's a good answer. So not only the practical effect, but everything that surrounded the effect and elevated it. Yes, your favorite word. Oh, elevation. Just call this episode uh, elevated. I don't know. Uh, Spook House Podcast in parentheses elevated. My answer would be, I'll say this just because I rewatched it last weekend, but I'll say an American Werewolf in London. That transformation scene is just a work of art. I mean, filmed in 1982, so you know there's zero CGI. It's just all practical effects. The camera fixed on it. And it's like watching a magic show. I mean, essentially, isn't that what special makeup effects artists are? They're almost like magicians. They're trying to trick you into thinking that you're seeing something that's not really there. And that's just yeah, the a- perfect absolutely. example of it. It really is. And like um, like we talked about, and I, I've recently, I've never seen this movie up until like two months ago. Uh, again, another one, another classic one that I missed, uh, but I've seen that scene like numerous times over so many years. Um, it's just amazing how they get like, because you have to like anatomically think like how a human would turn into a werewolf if it was possible. And they portray it in the most like gruesome fashion. Yeah. And like the bones are breaking and the hair is coming out and it looks painful. And it's not like, you know, some movies portray it as like a quick thing, like, you know, or it's just like CGI heavy. And this looks like you, you could feel like the transformation because of how like visceral and in your face it is. Uh, it's easily one of the best scenes in horror movie history. If we're, if we're talking about that. Yeah. And the actor sells it really well. Also, I wish I knew his name off the top yeah. of my head, but, and uh, God, I can't remember. Uh, I always forget his name. I can't remember what song is playing during the transformation scene, but that just adds, it's like this really lighthearted song and the juxtaposition of this torturous transformation with that song just yeah. works, works so well. So I'll go with that. And the scene goes on for a, for a good amount of time. Like you really yeah. live in it. Yeah. Okay. My dear friend, Emily, Wants to know who also made our sick ass new logo. So thank you, Emily. Oh, shout out to Emily. Yeah. What's Gucci? She, <laughs> she wants to know one movie to watch for the rest of your life. What is it? And in parentheses, she told me it can't be nothing but trouble because she knows how much I but love it that. It has movie. to be if it's so your I favorite movie. <laughs> you can break those rules. Okay, besides Nothing But Trouble, what other movie would I bring? I mean, if you can only watch one for the rest of your life, you're going to get pretty bored of it. Well, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of factors. Uh, I mean, there are movies that, like, I mean, that's kind of what makes your favorite movies your favorite movies. You could put it on any time of day uh, when you're, you know, whatever mood you're in. Um, It's just, like, it's more than a comfort film. No matter how many times you've seen it, 
it's just it just brings you so much joy. Yeah. And there's a lot of that since we like a lot of movies. So this is a difficult this is a difficult question. Well, because you have to think about <clears throat> all those factors. Yeah. With that said, I'll go with the Lost Boys because that's one of those movies that I could put on right now and be like, "All right, I'm totally fine rewatching this for the hundredth time." And I still enjoy yeah, there's, it. There are so many things in that movie that like it. And I've just watched it for the first time like a week ago. Um, it gets better the more you rewatch it. So, yeah, like there's so many layers to it. Yeah, it, there's just a lot of it's not convoluted, but there's a lot of stuff going on that, like, you know, keeps you on the edge of your seat, keeps you entertained. The dialogue's fun. The score is great. Um, you know, the, the twist is there. You just have every. I feel like everything about filmmaking, like that's like a perfect movie to like show to people. Like this is what filmmaking is. Do this. Yeah, it's a good blueprint, but it's a fun movie. I, I I'm gonna watch it multiple more times. Um, if I had to pick one, and it's probably not gonna be. It, it's not a horror movie. Um, but I'm gonna say this movie actually recently. Not recently, but like I, I watch it so many times that it knocked out my other, my one of my other favorite movies that I could constantly watch. I'm gonna go with Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's a good one. It's just it's too it's it's too perfect of a movie to me, and it's like dramatic and funny, and John Candy's perfect. The balance between Steve Martin and John Candy is just hilarious, and heartwarming and also heartbreaking it's just again everything that you want in a movie is in that movie great thanksgiving movie so it's getting about time to rewatch it <laughs> it's like it's like the only thanksgiving movie what other movies take place on thanksgiving besides thanks killing son-in-law another great Pauly shore movie yeah no one talk no one talks about son-in-law i'll talk about it i love that movie <laughs> Pauly, Pauly shore had his time all right, and Emily also wants to know, and more importantly, what is the best marinara sauce? Doug, I will kick this over to you. No, you, I'm not. I'm not that much of a marinara guy. Like, I'm more of a white sauce type of deal, hey. olive oil. Uh, so, if we're going marinara, uh, I would say any homemade marinara sauce. You don't want to do ragu. You don't want to go to Stop and Shop and get the you know get the marinara sauce in a fucking jar. Uh, I would say go to your local local Italian meat market, get their homemade sauce, or you can make your own. Or go up to your fucking grandma's room and get us some, get her to make some sauce. Hey, if you bring ragu into this house, I'm gonna ask you to leave, buddy. <laughs> get that shit out. That ragu is gonna be all over the fucking wall when I throw the jar at you, dumb head. Oh shit! All right, so there you go, Emily. Not ragu. You heard. You heard so from Mister Marinara himself. <laughs> um, all about all the white right. sauce. Our friend Amy Kilgore wants to know. Hello, Amy. What's good? What is your favorite theater snack? I'm gonna say bunch of crunch because I don't really get a whole lot of snacks when I go to the theater because I'm like I'm not paying nine bucks for a fucking box of candy like. But when I do, do five below, you can get ten boxes of bunch of crunch. Yeah, but when I do, it's usually bunch of crunch. And I will say this is why 
This is why we work so well together, because I was going to say Bunch of Crunch 2. Bunch of Crunch is my favorite. Hey. Uh, not even Reese's Pieces. It's never Reese's Pieces, because that form of Reese's just does not taste well in a shell. Gotta go oh, Bunch of Crunch. Wow. Controversial opinion there, Doug. You heard so from the Reese's King himself. <laughs> Reese's Pieces. Not not the real Reese's, but Bunch of Crunch, they made them smaller now, so you could just dump them into your fucking mouth. Like, even more. Even harder. I'll add them to my morning smoothie. So, Bunch of Crunch of Bananas probably tastes real bomb. It probably would. Um, okay, she also wants to know favorite movie score. I All just right, thought of this last question. night. That's a real... Okay, I got my answer. Um, as far as recent scores go, I'm going to say It Follows. Hey, that's another movie I need to rewatch because I didn't like it the first time. I think that movie kind of grows on you. It takes like two or three watches to like... Like a fungus? Or like Gabriel on the back of your head. Absolutely. But you need to rewatch it to know because you only watch it once. Oh, I know. I so you need to, know. you know, you're stunting its growth right now. Sorry, Gabriel. Um, yeah, I'll go. It follows that the score by Disaster Piece is perfect. It's creepy as shit. Um, I love it. So, what do you say, Doug? I remember the score being good for that movie, but I don't. The movie I wasn't a fan of particularly. Um, score. Wow. Uh, ooh, Escape from New York. Escape from New York is easily one of my favorites. It's a John Carpenter <laughs> masterpiece, and the 80s synth sounds are just comforting. Pretty much any Carpenter score can make the list. It, it could. It makes you feel at home. He yeah. just has a way, like, those synths just, like, All right, thank you feel for the question, nice Amy. warm inside. All right, so Vanessa had a, another question. She says, fuck, marry, and kill. Final girls. So I guess she's asking, like, which final girls that we would uh, fuck, marry, or kill. And kill. We're going to get canceled for this. Yeah. All right. Maybe, maybe this is a question we should skip. All right, well, let's start with uh, kill. Who do you want to... Who's a final girl you could kill? I'll go Tina Halloween 5. Because she's the worst. Yeah. I don't find her that offensive, but I guess if you're going to pick one from that franchise, she would be the one. Um, does Danielle Harris get... Does she survive in Hatchet? Um, don't remember. Does she get killed? I don't think so. You don't think she lives, or you don't think she gets killed? I don't think she gets killed. Okay, so I'm gonna say I will kill uh, Danielle Harris from Hatchet. Sorry, Danielle Harris. For all you've been through for the Halloween Ends controversy, but you're getting off. <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Are we going, that's what we're going with next? No, let's, do, let's do Mary next. Who's the final girl you could marry that you could really see settling down with? You know, you say, hey, sweetheart, oh, I want to no be with you. Oh, Florence Pugh. That's right. 
immediately. That's the only answer. That's who I want to make dinner with. That's who I want to come home to. That's who I want to uh, give little forehead kisses while we're on the couch. Uh, pick up the mail for her. Uh, write her little notes on the refrigerator. I'll do all that. Give me, give me oh. flow. I need the flow. You hear right, that, who, Florence? Who are you? Uh, who? What? I said, did you hear that, Florence? Your your man awaits. I'm I'm begging at this point for Florence. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're. Yeah, that's that's all you. Oh, who would I marry? Um. Yeah. Who would you want? Who would you? Uh. You know, put a ring on, as Beyonce said. Who would I? Who would you want to make your your sister wife? <laughs> oh, is that another redneck <laughs> joke? <laughs> kind of. I will say, I'll go Laurie Schrode. I guess. Okay, going with Jamie Lee. Yeah, she's a little a, bit of Jamie Lee. She's a a pretty pretty strong woman, but. I feel like the divorce would happen pretty quick because she would just te- keep talking about, you know, evil and Michael and be like, all right, I'm, I'm trying to eat breakfast right now. And you're, you're talking to me about the types of evil that exist in the world. You know what? Maybe, maybe you're a yeah, shitty husband for not entertaining this type of evil. Yeah. But after like 20 years of that, I'll be like, oh my God, again with the evil talk, you got to stop. <laughs> I'm going to Home Depot. She's gonna flip over like a Venn diagram. Yeah, like oh, oh, guess what? I uh, I discovered uh, there's there's this other type of evil, and now Corey is this type of evil. Like, all right, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah, let me. All right, Doug. Just uh, just. Oh, all right. So, Doug, who you uh, you know, it's fuck time. So who you fucking? <laughs> it is fuck time. <laughs> That's a good soundbite to use. <laughs> yeah, it's fuck time. There's no classy way to answer this, but we'll try our best. I mean, everyone has their preferences for people, you know? Everyone has different style and taste of what kind of person that they find attractive, uh, inside and outside. Um, off the top of my head. Mm. You know, all right. If we're going, this is just recent. Uh, I'm going Lauren Lavera since I mentioned her already from Terrifier Two. Hey, she is she is beautiful. She's not hard to look at. I'll give you that. I like them Puerto Rican women. Not sure if she's Puerto Rican, but she doesn't <laughs> look white. Well, maybe we'll get her on the show sometime, and uh... I will not say that to her face. <laughs> You know what? I will go. I'll go Sydney Prescott in the first. That's screen. a good one. Yeah, I'll climb through that window. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dawson's Creek style. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was Sixpence None the Richer. Hey, Dawson's Creek, another uh, North Carolina show. Everything was filmed in North Carolina. Yeah. All right, Doug, we got a couple more questions and then we are out of here. All right. Let's so go. our buddy, our buddy Grant sent in another question. He said, would you rather get drunk at a 1999 kitty show or drunk at a 1999 primer 55 show? So Doug does not drink. 
So where would you like to sip yeah. water at, Doug? This is this is more of a fill question uh, for all the alcohol you consume. Uh, where would I love to sip a nice? Hey, I don't of cold drink spring? that much, sir. Stop making me out to be this raging alcoholic, right? <laughs> You're not a raging alcoholic. You just enjoy a good alcoholic beverage, and so does everyone. Uh, I'm in the minority here. Um, probably, I'm not a big fan of Kitty, so uh, okay. I, I don't want to get brackish on them. Uh, so let's go Primer 55. <laughs> Even though there's going to be a lot of like very aggressive, uh, insecure men in that crowd, probably. Uh, I'll probably <laughs> hang in the back, maybe back corner, back left, um, and just hang out and sip some water. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like the crowd at Primer 55 would be a lot of sketchy white dudes. Kind of guys that like try to fight you because they ask you for a cigarette and you say, "Oh, sorry, I don't smoke," and they'll be like, "What up, bitch?" You'd be like, "I, I don't know, dude. Fuck <laughs> off." <laughs> a whole bu- a whole bunch of white dudes asking you if you have a lighter. <laughs> hey, yo, dog, you got a you got a lighter? <laughs> like, and no. Somehow they they have cigarettes but no lighter. Then they'll be like, "Fine." Then. All right, and they'll so just eat the cigarette. I'll, <laughs> I'll still say Primer Fifty Five though. Right, not not killing um, Kitty, okay. I do like Kitty. I think Morgan Lander is very cool. She has a horror podcast. Um and oh, I like sure some other really cool people. I like some some of their songs. So I'd be cool with either show. Alright, final question, Doug. You ready? Let's do it. Alright. E Spooky right, Film Guy wants to know. How will Michael Myers come back from the dead for future Halloween installments? Well, another Halloween question. I think he is officially dead for this timeline, at least in the David Gordon Green world. Thank God it's over. Um, As far as like if they reboot it, I'm sure it won't have anything to do with like the meat grinder. Michael, you know, I think that Michael's gone, but. Who knows, whenever they inevitably reboot it, for some reason, they'll just, you know, there won't be an explanation, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. Uh, this timeline's Michael is completely dead. Uh, the next time they revive it, uh, hopefully they do something completely brand new. That was his last parade ride. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the Macy's Day Parade of Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> oh look, it's Pikachu, and oh look, Michael Myers is floating in the sky. Yeah, with Santa um, Claus on a fire truck behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and David Gordon Green waving, trying not to get shot at like John Lennon, throwing out handfuls of candy. A handful. Hopefully, they have fucking razor blades in them. Um, yeah, it would be cool to see like a new origin story of Michael Myers if someone does feel brave enough to bring their new idea to the table uh, instead of what we're, you know, so familiar with. Um, so yeah, this Michael Myers seems to be completely done. Oh, I'm hoping the next time they actually, you know, bring him back to the big screen. Um, it's something completely new. It's something completely different, something that we haven't seen. Uh, and they really take, you know, they take some bold chances rather than, you know, not following through with what they could have done. I think they should wait at least until the 50-year anniversary in 2028 
give this some time, let this franchise go away. And I say that as a diehard fan of the franchise. I mean, it needs to fuck off for a bit. Well, this year, I mean, we've been spoiled with like so many great new and original ideas in horror. Like we had Nope, Barbarian, um, I'll say Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was pretty fresh. I did enjoy that, even though you said it was just a movie. Uh, but yep. it was, I thought it was pretty new, but, and especially with Terrifier 2 and X and Pearl, so many to choose from. Um, it's time for some new iconic horror movies to, uh, you know, become new classics. Uh, let's make, yeah. let's make some new ground here. Let's stop treading the same old waters. Michael Myers has been done to death. Uh, they're revisiting Friday the 13th again, as we just talked about before. Enough. Let's bring some new some new blood in there, pun intended. Well, I'm I'm excited for the new Friday the Thirteenth. We haven't seen Jason in a while. I mean, it's it's time for him to to get the spotlight. So I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm with you. I'm interested in it being it's because it's not going to be a major motion picture. It's going to be a series. So that's at least you know new. It uh, you know there really hasn't been a slasher series. Uh, you know, following a um, you know, an iconic horror movie uh figure for that long. Uh, I mean, yeah, Jason, he's been in like you know however many movies, like thirteen or whatever, or twelve. How many movies? Yeah, but it'll it'll be a new take on it, uh, for sure. Uh, but you know, Art the Clown is a perfect example of a new horror icon. Like he already i mean the first one it was like you know it's like a little horror movie that could it was on netflix it got solid word of mouth everyone talked about it and the second one just steamrolled past every expectation and now it seems like the whole world is in art the clown's hand yeah, it's nice to have the the new blood as well, but you know, there's nothing wrong with the old classics. But however, after a trilogy uh that ended very poorly, it's time to go away for a bit. It just the track record is just not great with with remixing these uh with these franchises. I mean, yeah, Halloween, the new trilogy made a whole lot of money, but you had the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which was a bomb. 2009 Friday the 13th was a bomb same done by Platinum Dunes Michael Bay's company uh just like just stop just stop it yeah well on that note speaking of just stop um I think we are gonna wrap it up here at the spook house but thank you for all those questions those were really good and um honestly these are some of my favorite episodes to record um you guys always come through on the questions and we appreciate it and thank you so much for tuning in and listening um without you me and doug would just be talking to ourselves we'd still be doing it but nobody would be listening (laughs) yeah you you wouldn't be hearing it and we would probably say a lot of other offensive stuff yeah probably hey we'll (laughs) save that for patreon yeah all right well doug you got any parting words to the good people out there any pasta recipes you want to share real quick? Uh, well, I did make this fresh salmon burrata dish the other night. Hey. Uh, which is pretty good. 
so I recommend uh, look up salmon crostini. You got burrata cheese melted onto it. You got some fresh basil. You got a little salt and pepper, obviously. And you put it on a little crostini bread, and it's a nice appetizer. Or you can have it as uh, an entree. I highly suggest it. Um, and then on another note, uh, I love everyone who sent in questions and everyone that listens to us. Uh, because we just bullshit like this. And uh, y'all are all awesome. I kind of said that as a joke, but I was expecting you to like break down a fool. <laughs> That's great, though. So, if you ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. Yeah, and I, I appreciate I am not it. a one-word type of guy. <sighs> all right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Doug, love you very much. And I'll talk to you later, my love friend. Love you, baby. Bye, everybody.